For the newly indoctrinated, Jim Butcher's The Dresden Files follows the story of a professional wizard in Chicago. We've started our podcast as a way to help break down the series' most important moments, characters, and lore. This is McAnally's Dresden Files podcast by Free Flow Rambling. Conjure by it at your own risk. Welcome to the McAnally's podcast brought to you by Free Flow Rambling. This is episode 4.1, Things Are Getting Hairy, where we are discussing Welcome to the Jungle. My name is Tanzan, and I am joined by Maggie. Hello, hello. And Jess. Hey. Chicago isn't the only place with problems. Wizards are plagued by conundrums internationally. If you're a fan of watching the fellow magic man struggle, track down the JK We're Rolling podcast and listen for all the Dresden references. Harry Dresden is investigating a brutal mauling at the Lincoln Park Zoo that has left a security guard dead and many questions unanswered. As an investigator of the supernatural, he senses there's more to this case than a simple animal attack. And as Dresden searches for clues to figure out who is really behind the crime, he finds himself next on the victim list and being hunted by the creatures that won't leave much more than a stain if they catch him. So, yeah, much as I love Dresden and the whole world and enjoy these, I'm, I'm, I try, I'm really not a graphic novel kind of person. It's, it's so kind of overly melodramatic or something, I think, is, you know, it's just like, so it's just like, in the books, Harry is a little bit more lighthearted, snarky, more everyday conversational, I can hear that voice, but the way they write the graphic novels and the artwork to depict them is always so much more serious. Oh no, there is a bad guy. It's very sort of like Batman. Mm. Like, to the power of ten all the time. You know what I mean? Like, Spider-Man is like, yo, what's up? Pop culture. <laughs> Batman is like, there is doom. We must fight. There is... And, and I just, graphic novels always have a bit of that feel to me that they always feel just a little bit well, they are <coughs> much comical to me. <laughs> yeah. Than a novel. There is the potential too. I mean, Jim Butcher has written Spider-Man comics, so maybe it's potentially he was trying to especially avoid copying himself. I don't know. I mean, it's I, not. I think I think that's just in general. It's pretty much any graphic novel I've come across and read, and you know, I mean, it's still kind of hairy, and he still kind of has some quips. But again, maybe it's just sort of like because the artwork is so much more. Maybe you know, if you took the dialogue and exposition completely on its own as you do with a novel I could read it differently but just you know like the horror the close up of the and the the, and it's just it's more cinematic in a way yeah but it's just it's hard for me to read it in any other way other than that very sort of no subtlety noir noir kind of and I mean I know that's sort of resonant but yeah it's just it it is a different presentation yeah Uh, however for me I mean I see it as being. I, I mean, it's different, but I like it. It's I enjoy reading manga and I enjoy reading comics as well as normal novels. And for me, seeing it is all very. I enjoy the change up in it because it's like the artwork and stuff. It's different, but it is very like yeah. in the theme. And like there is like at one point, you know, like he says something stupid. He's like Zot. Yeah, and it's like some <laughs> stupid 
stupid like <laughs> I don't comic even... book sound onomatopedia and I was like I don't know it's just like it matches the theme like yeah you're in a comic book there should be comic book elements and stupid random sounds I'm totally down with there's like another page in here where like Harry's like running through a list of bad guys in his head trying to figure out like who it could be and there's like a police lineup of all these monsters oh, or whatever I like that I love lineup. it it's, it's so wicked. good it's like you can't really have that I like the element that the art brings to Agreed. the story that you can't have. And I do like, to a certain degree, getting the visual on things that sometimes are not... Like, for instance, when I first started reading the books, I sort of had, of course, as you do, created sort of a mental picture of, like, Harry's apartment. And sort of just kind of vague it was what it was. And then as it goes on and as you get more descriptions of it or, you know, people placed in different... I started, I was like, oh, do I have it kind of, like revert like and I don't know I'm just saying whatever at this point but like you know say initially I imagined it whereas like you came in the front door and like his bedroom door was like immediately off to your left when you came in then something you know some description in some point later and it sounds like oh actually is maybe his bedroom door like to the right of the front you know what I mean and things so I'm like stuff like this is kind of cool I like sometimes being able to get that visual of right like oh wow here's actually like They've drawn Harry's apartment. It helps me sort of cement a little, even though it's still author interpretation or illustrator interpretation or whatever. But you know what I mean? Like, there's definite advantages to that. Um, but yeah, but at the same time, I'm like, it's always slightly jarring when I have a different mental picture to what they're, to what, to what they've actually drawn in, you know. And I mean, like, yeah, okay, he's suspension of displeased. You can mar that a little bit and just go with your own kind of a thing, right? Like, I get that. But I mean, it's just... For me, again, it's just not that like they say I don't dislike. It's still a great format, and I'm not dissing anybody out there that likes the graphic novels. It's just for me, it always has just for me. It's hard to change the mindset a little bit to just twist into that slightly different genre. level of a genre. You know that I just again, I sort of in the back of my hand, I always feel or back of my head that little bit of a giggle that it's just like taking itself too seriously. You know. Well, in all, I, I know that the point. with the graphic novel, I think it's actually helped me in some ways because I, I have this vision of Dresden when I read the books of him still being this like 40 something crotchety. Right. You know, yeah, your just, initial impression. Yeah, your, that, your, that initial impression. But when I actually see the graphic novels, I have here's a 25 something year old. Yeah. And it's it's obvious that he's not in his, his yes. mid, mid to late 40s, which I keep thinking he is. <laughs> just right. by how he speaks. Yeah. But it, it's, it's got more of a, a youthful feel to it. So I've appreciated having that sort of adjustment mm -hmm. for me. Yeah, I got, I don't know. Maybe I just, because I didn't, I didn't read a lot of graphic novels or even sort of like, like superhero comic books. My brothers <laughs> had a few more of those, but I was more kind of like an Archie Comics kind of gal, I guess. Right. And, and that is not graphic novels. Graphic novels definitely have a sense more of like intensity and like dour somberness to them that those don't have. And I guess that's just where I kind of like. Well, even the Ninja Turtles. I, my first graphic novel was the Ninja Turtles. And My even that one was so still high. drawn pretty darkly. Mm -hmm. Well, Ninja Turtles again—they they weren't Archie either. They they definitely were on a slightly darker level than. Yeah. So, as per Welcome to the Jungle, we get three series regular. This has got Dresden and Murphy and Carmichael, mm -hmm. and then otherwise a whole slew of never before met and people. Mr. Oh, you're right, you're right. That's on me. Four series regulars. Mm. Um, quick question. What is the... Um, is this like six months before Stormfront? Yes, yeah, so this takes place right after Storm... 
No, sorry. No. This takes right before Stormfront. Yeah. This is just before Stormfront. So do we know close? Do we know like a month or six months or? Give me three. thirty seconds, and I can answer that. All right. While you're looking that up, well, uh, there's uh, the 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 actual graphic novel itself comes up with a, a quote uh, from a piece called "The Jungle." Relentless, remorseless, it was. All his protests and screams were nothing to it. It did its cruel will with him as if his wishes, his feelings, had simply no existence at all. It cut his throat and watched him gasp out his life. Now, The Jungle is a 1906 novel by the American journalist um, and novelist Upton Sinclair, who was um, trying to write about the lack of social supports in harsh... Uh, living and working conditions of, of workers in Chicago, um, particularly in the meat industry. <laughs> Curiously. It's it, fitting for how this starts. Yeah. Um, all of his work ended up sort of not going the way he planned it. And he exposed more health violations and unsanitary practices in the meat industry instead of... Uh, of the social of, imbalance. Of the social imbalance. <laughs> so he, he, he's quoted for his own, on his own writing as, I aimed at the public's heart and I accidentally hit it in the stomach. <laughs> Which was kind of Gosh, funny. Gosh, did. <laughs> Poetry is my passion. Yeah, anyways, no, this happens. It says after Murphy makes lieutenant and before Stormfront and we already pegged Murphy making lieutenant less than a year before Stormfront. So there is no specific timeline, yeah. but we're in it about six to less months before Stormfront. Okay. That's how many figured. Okay. Sorry, I don't know. Stormfront yeah. happens in March and there's no snow on the ground yet. So <laughs> maybe we're like October, so November. Or it could be. Yeah. But anyways, Even beforehand. Okay, the point being is, yes, it is we're in zoo close season. to that timeline. Everything's green. So... Um, yeah, his age and all that is still similar. He's a young and yeah, he's still young and still starting out. Um, now this is something I have seen again. This is like, well, and he's already a consultant too. So he's no longer under, um, yeah, 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 yeah. No, he's got his own thing. I just, that was it. It was, it was not super duper relevant. It was more just kind of throwing that in there that yes, we're roughly in about the same timeline. Yeah, from between before. restoration and faith in this. Yeah, is so about again, he's, he's got going. Um, and that hang on. Yeah, he's he's got himself going. He's up and running. He's whatever, but um, but still early stages. Two to um, three years after restoration of faith. Yeah, six months before Stormfront. So I right. agree with that. Yeah, so we open on, like, yeah, this this bloody, gruesome mauling of the guard and blah, blah, blah. Harry rolls up. See, now this... Maurice. This is, um... The Blue Beetle's blue. And we get in Stormfront that the car's already a bit beat up and has. So either a hell of a lot happened in this one- to six-month period, or, hello, this is a major thing. This is almost like, um... Like, some of the issues I have with the choices they made for the TV show. Why did you not... Why did the artist not draw it different colors? Well, I think it shows a lot of damage being happening in the... the in the construction Six scene. Yeah. yeah. There is a lot of construction. There is a lot of damage that does happen in this story to the Blue Beetle. Yeah. There is, but Which, I don't think all of it happened. I... 
My original guess is that the artist was not as familiar with the series as which is the author. fair and wonderful. <laughs> Why was that not something that was corrected by those in the know? And if it's simply like they they noticed and opted to leave it that way because they're like, oh, it's the Blue Beetle, so we'll have it start. You know what I mean? I'm like, this to me, as kind of a purist with, uh, <laughs> with the series, I'm like, there should be maybe not as much even as he describes in story and definitely maybe not as much later on in the series, but I'm like, there there should be at least, like, one or two mismatched parts or patches or something. See, and this is, I took this as the story that where the mismatched parts are coming from. Yeah, see, because, no, I don't, I think Because he gets slammed in the, the, the driver's side door. I'm getting a little bit ahead already. <sighs> slammed in the driver's side door, loses that front, front, um, f- light. Um, yeah. Um, he says that there's a fire at some point that melted the front bumper or the front uh, hood, which could have been uh, when he fuegoed the, the, the black dog. True. See, and I think that this is like, this is the introduction to the beginning of the, the non discoloration of <laughs> May. It just <laughs> seems that a lot happened. Um, Cause we don't get a really huge accurate, description of the blue beetle being um, miscolored until full moon maybe and i was just gonna try and pull up and check and see what damages we do have listed this could have certainly been done before it could I have personally just don't care that much <laughs> i feel like it's an artist fail and that's that <laughs> you don't like graphic novels there you go move on <laughs> So in the meantime, we see the guard is getting killed by an unknown assailant. And then uh, the next we see the aftermath with SI and Murphy and Carmichael investigating the scene. Pan to Dresden. Yeah. And Carmichael suggests that the victim is the uh, neat and tidy result of an animal attack, to which Murphy basically tells him to go fuck himself. Yeah, no. (laughs) Nada. So then, yeah, go to Dresden. He's fighting some shit on his own already in the middle as per Dresden style he's already in the middle of some shit (laughs) looking for fluffy yeah looking for fluffy I've got I've got my victims written down we've got Maurice the security guard and we've got fluffy so Harry's in the middle of like a battle with some raw hide raw head raw head hide which is basically just animated slaughterhouse combobulations a raw head and bloody bones Mm mm-hmm yeah, they start. They oh wait, that's not the looking for his landlady's dog. So yeah, doing the landlady a favor, sort of. Here's a collar. Yeah. Sucks to be you. Something formed from the leftovers at a slaughterhouse. So again, in well, I don't know when this. I guess I was going to say we get more of an introduction to a creature like this in a much later book, but I guess this probably is the first introduction to it because this probably did come out before that story did. Um, But yeah, later on they're they're described as they they put themselves, yeah, together from like carcasses and bones and and things. So as he said here, like the leftovers of a slaughterhouse. So, um, and they start small. They, they, so it starts on rats and move up the food chain. So, yeah, basically, 
Well, I mean, I guess we've got the actual visual in there, but yeah, basically it's, it's pieced together from, from bones and skulls and bits of like muscle and sinew. They're scrappy. Pretty they're, yeah, they're kind of gross and don't really have like an outer layer of skin over top of all that holding them together. So yeah, and the more they can seem the bigger. So it's kind of, yeah, so you'll like blast that thing and you get the... <laughs> Which I admit is, yes, makes sense with the comic-y and the graphic novel-y sense. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have that part of it, but... So, he checks his messages, phone booth, because apparently cell phones are not a thing for him. Still. Still. Well, or ever. Or ever. Yeah. Yeah. They, they, they were newish at the time of this anyways, but yeah, Harry doesn't do the pager thing, or, or he doesn't even do an answering machine. He keeps an answering service. Because oh, yeah. he doesn't even trust like answering machines and stuff to stay working properly for him, and not like he, um, having the tape, you know, get erased and things on them. So, but anyways, yeah. So he calls to check his messages in whatever format that is at this moment. <laughs> it's like poor Barry. He had like like so little jobs to start you know like you say at the beginning of Stormfront right where he's like behind on all his rent and bills and like you know has like a battered box of like you know several times read books but it's like but he has to pay all this extra for like an answering service because he can't just use like a cheap old answering machine from Walmart you know it's like well fuck if I didn't have to pay for somebody else to answer my phone and take my messages but yeah um, but yeah, SI wants him. Yeah, so he illegally parks in front of Carmichael and promptly insults him. <laughs> Is that a new stain on your tie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I never realized that Carmichael so looked like lavish. a monk. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so that's one of those ones. Carmichael doesn't, it's close, but yeah, it's one of those ones that doesn't fit, like, concretely with my mental image of Carmichael, and that was, that's one of them. I don't like, know, I kind of like this monk image. It just makes him look ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, and that is supposed, right? Carmichael is supposed to be kind of a caricature, stereotype, sort of. Um, but yeah, exactly. that's one of those things that's just ever so slightly. I'm like, no, I have to I have to tweak that a little. I'm going to stick with my mental image on that one. <laughs> Other ones, it's better. You're like, oh, yeah, that looks like, yeah, I get the image. But yeah. Um, yeah, their usual fuck you banter to each other kind of we're always toe to toe with it yeah, yeah. Always going to he, loves, he likes me deep down or in a trench deep down but he likes me <laughs> yeah so Harry as you said he, he agrees to the case quite early on because he's already behind on rent and he's like well I need money so he heads on down to the zoo and quickly gets a rundown about there's been a bit of a grisly murder we're pretty sure it wasn't the animals because uh, our security guard who was killed was like a championship marksman and didn't land a single bullet in the animal that supposedly attacked him. Yeah. Which is, you know, just one hole in the many theories of it being a zoo animal that got him. So whatever it was got him is somewhere out there with all of his bullets. <laughs> yeah. And not to mention that it put itself back in the cage and partially cleaned up the evidence. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. gorillas do that, you know. Yeah. Right? Well, they are, you know. <laughs> they are quite I want my smart. banana. I've been told I have to put my toys away after. So, <laughs> so happens there's an extra finger or two within the called this time. enrichment, right? <laughs> Just because I'm a gorilla doesn't mean I have to live like a slob. 
Um, yeah. So yeah, that that also yeah, you say pokes a few holes in the theory of straight up animal attack. And again, that's sort of you know your Murphy there too. You're sort of deadpan sort of uh-huh <laughs> and i find uh with the comic book um format too it's a little bit different in that you know harry does this round of questioning and in the books when you have to write each and every interaction harry tends to kind of be one person and he becomes, like, very good friends or very good enemies with that one person. And that's kind of it. Whereas in the comic books, you can get a little kind bit of a like slideshow of him talking and being turned down. Because it doesn't take as much energy to show that in this Which format. Which you don't have you know, to, so ex- yeah, you don't have to right, put, explain it all. Yeah, exactly. You, know? you can, yeah, draw even in, that look. Potentially in the books, too, sometimes you'll have a moment where it's like, oh, I surveyed the area. But it's one sentence. You kind of, like, skim over the fact yeah. that he might have talked to witnesses or whatever. Whereas... In comics, you can see Harry goes through a panel of talking to employees at the zoo, and they're all like, hey, get the fuck out of here, outsider. Like, <laughs> yeah. They're like, you're here to put down our gorilla. The you're coffee. Oh, evil. I met Dr. Yeah. Willoughby. <laughs> yeah. So he has a little bit of a, a swing and a miss time and time again before he eventually stumbles upon Dr. Reese, who is just as anti investigation is the rest of the employees here up until yeah. Harry's like, I don't think Wasn't they really the did it. Gorilla, yeah. right. And then suddenly, oh, all right, if you're not here to put down our gorilla, we can be friends. And so <laughs> Reese Have a beer. He's yeah. like, all right, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty fiercely aggressive uh, when it comes to defending... That gorilla, yeah. Mo. Yeah. yeah. Mo the gorilla. Mo the gorilla. Yeah, so uh, Dr. Reese is primarily the researcher at the zoo. He spends most of his time in the lab and taking care of the gorillas and forming a less than professional bond with the gorillas. <laughs> you know, like this is like his second that family. Uh, he's sleeping with Mo. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, uh. The point is, is that he's quite passionate about his job. He's the head thing, blah, 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 at the zoo. Yes, and does not stay, yes, as emotionally, clinically detached as perhaps one ought to. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's so, very in Harry's face. Yeah, or so he's got the insight in on chest. Mo, and he's like, there's no way in hell, blah, blah, blah. Which, obviously, Harry buys very quickly. You don't know him like I do. He would never do this. Um, we get a little flashback to Dresden's youth. It seemed almost out of left field for me, honestly. I know yes. he talked about it in Stormfront, but this was just like suddenly like trauma from Dumore. And it's like, that was not really the time or the yeah. place, dude. Like, I, I don't know. That. Like, it just seemed like, it, I don't know. The artist is like, I'm going to draw ab- this moment. Abrupt. Like, yeah. Yeah. I was like, mm. like, but I've been wrong about people well, before. That the biggest God. trauma of my life. Yeah. And especially because like, we're not exactly, we ha- it's not even like meeting sort of like <laughs> the gorilla. And like, like comparing him, it's like just Dr. Reese, who's like the gorilla handler. Like, yeah, like, like Reese is <laughs> under suspicion for having done this. So he's like, he seemed like a decent guy. It's like every time but I've been wrong like, before. And this is what I'm seeing. This is what I mean. It's, it's like every like, time he meets like his cashier <laughs> at Walmart, he's like, but I've been wrong before. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't make me laugh like that. I'm I know like old. PTSD can hit you at the worst times, <laughs> but seriously, Harry, like you really like. like oh, and, we went there. Now like this. And again, this is before Stormfront. Had we done this in-series timelines perfectly, we wouldn't even know anything about Justin Dumorn at all. This is... And on top of that, like, we barely know anything already. Like, we don't really learn about Justin 
until a while later. So this is already so much more. And I said, like, there's a conversation that's going to happen with Charity in a lot of books. Like, we're far away from that conversation. Yeah. And that really references back to this point. And yeah. But, but yeah, it's like here, it's it such a long I mean, time. I was going to say, it's one of those things that you sort of have to take. I, I think they're sort of taking for granted a little bit that the readers will have, you know, come from Stormfront and that, right? And so, yeah, it's kind of like, again, if you don't know, you really have no clue what's going on in this scene, who this is and what this... You turn the page and you're like, oh, what the fuck is this? What? And it doesn't touch on it again <laughs> for the rest of the book. Like, if you it were a brand new reader, you get yeah. like two panels and you're like... Yeah, uh, right? Like, yeah. Then, yeah. Oh that, my god, that, something's dressed or er, drawn wait, wait, in sepia. Who is Wesley? <laughs> <laughs> well, this must be important. That's a flashback. Yeah. Um, but yeah. all told, it doesn't give you any information, anyways. Like, no, not really. Like, it's just like, I, what? Okay, moving yeah, on. Like, yeah, maybe that'll. So, yeah. So, see, and this was my point. <laughs> like, there's a lot of great things I like and a lot of advantages to be at shit like this that just kind of, for me, I'm just kind of like not used to this format. I'm not used to this media um, genre or whatever that, yeah, just kind of, and that's where I just kind of being like, okay, all right. <laughs> but no one expects the Justin Dumore. <laughs> <laughs> Only so after that little flashback, he's he's brought back to to life uh, with the meeting Will. Yes, he meets Will. He also met uh, Adana Watson earlier too. Dana, who, Dana, whatever, oh, same thing. Yeah. Dana or Dana? Dana. Dana. I would say Dana. Dana I'd Watson. Say, well, I said Dana. So, well, you're probably wrong. <laughs> there are a few Danas out there, but I've met more Danas than I've met Danas. Have you really? I have. You know one? <laughs> I've met zero of both. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I said Dana, like so. Dana Scully and, you know. I've never oh. watched the X-Files. Doesn't matter. You still. But anyways, point being is, yes, I, I go and go with Dana. But yes, he's met Going her. Dana. And you can tell because it's one of the few people he's met and had an interaction with because all the others were side panels of just throwing coffee and like. So I'm saying we met Dana, we actually meet Reese, and we meet Will. And, and we get a little, we get like two like squinty eyed drawings of her. So you know there's got to be something up. Ominous. With it. Yes. Right? Because we get the little side eye and the details and crinkle. inking. Yeah, we get more of her eyebrows than we get of her eyeballs. Yeah. So, oh yes, exactly. Like you say, there has to be something up with, with uh, what is it, Dr. Watson. So, uh, the yeah. suspicious but Dr. Watson. But she comes off as being the only one willing to be helpful because she actually talked to him instead of just throwing coffee in his face. And was like, oh, blah, 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 and animals and zoos and yay and stuff. I'm on loan from London. And loan from London. That's how you know you can't trust her. Right, <laughs> right there. She's got the snooty English to accent. Our to all our British listeners. <laughs> I am so sorry. Which I love. I'm a total like. I stand by what I said. <laughs> I love Doctor Who. But it doesn't mean that it's not. <laughs> I frequently drink tea. <laughs> I am drinking tea right now. Um, <laughs> but all you Dana Watsons from London, we're on to you. But you know exactly, yeah. When, all you when, when, when too. You, yeah, when you have the smart chick with the the hair pulled up and like the French twist button thing and the British the exact hairstyle that Maggie is wearing that right I'm now. Sort of, this isn't a French twist, but um, but the I'm not putting is, on my British accent right now. If I did, would you know I was evil? 
<laughs> that definitely sounds evil. <laughs> okay, so Harry does the rounds. He talks to Dr. Reese. Reese, dis well, Reese goes off to do shit. And yeah. Will runs into him, and Will is Dr. Reese's assistant. Willama. Willamina. Willamina Rogers. Who is even more talkative than, uh, than Maggie? Dr. Reese. <laughs> <laughs> she goes on for like pages. <laughs> Oh, Probably give her a run for her money. It's yeah. fine, because God strikes... Or who? Something? What? Something? The murderer strikes the fear of God into her? Whatever the saying goes. <laughs> she shuts up after that. She really doesn't talk a whole lot. She just cries for the rest of the series. Yeah. We meet her. She's like... Oh, <laughs> and then the rest of that, she just shuts up and sits in the corner. <laughs> she's just too much in shock for the rest exactly. of it. Exactly. She's, like, she's magic? She's, she's <sighs> trying to get her eyeballs to fill up those lenses. Yeah. <laughs> Which is exactly how Jessica looks right now, for all you wondering. No. Yes, you giant oversized glasses. They're not. <laughs> oh, sorry, her face is just incredibly tiny. She's trying to get head from <laughs> So Only not nearly as funny. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dress so and Will end up nice making friends-ish. Why? The long face. By the <laughs> evidence of beer. <laughs> Beer, beer, good. Um, till they're interrupted by a lion. Oh yeah, well, yeah. All of a sudden, all of a sudden, Mo starts getting a little twitchy, and they're like, oh, "Wait, that's not right. That's odd." Wait, look behind you. Well, they narrowly escaped he, the lion. Got a lion with some psychedelic specks himself going. It's funny, on. Harry's been at the zoo for like maybe an hour surveying. You know, He's maybe. Quick, better kill him now. Yeah, straight <laughs> up. Like so far, like we have one murder in the middle of the night, and now it's that like for hours the most later. Part people are still, you know, again, logical conclusion seems to be the gorilla. Yeah, to, to, well, it's animal, right? Whatever. Exactly. You know. So yeah, let's just all of a sudden have a lion. By it would make sense that the lion must have been roaming around this entire time and no one's noticed that it's office. missing. Yeah. Well, wouldn't it have been easier to Lions are very dexterous. <laughs> well, I have seen cats open doors before. This is true. Because I, I would have thought it would have been easier to, if, if, if you're really going to close all of those those loose ends and you're trying to pin it on, on the gorilla, on Mo, then you would use the controlling spell on Mo to do the next attack as well. But less interesting when you have jungle cats to work with, I guess. You, I, you know, yeah, I guess, whatever. Well, and I mean, the issue for that will come up. Yeah. <laughs> well, and that's. And I guess it's a matter of access. Yeah. So. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was gonna say more of it, isn't it? Because we don't even know. Like he had some, but um, I don't think there's enough present, which is part of like Dresden and, and Murphy's theory on why Mo is innocent, is that there wasn't enough evidence on him. To actually exactly. put him at the scene, so yeah, so I'm like, it's not they didn't. Mo, I don't believe, was being controlled to kill the guard in the first place. That was still something else that killed. It's an animal mm -hmm. attack, and they're just they guessed the gorilla because there was faint traces of evidence there. And it had to have fingers to rip out the throat. Yeah, um, but beyond that, so yeah. yeah, yeah. Either way, point being is now all of a sudden. Harry and Will have... Unlike certain zoos, the Lincoln Zoo does not shoot on sight at their gorillas. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Harambe. Okay. <laughs> so, you can reach Jess on Twitter. <laughs> 2020 is all because Harambe died. 
That's... We wouldn't have had a pandemic if Harambe had lived. Everything went down the toilet on that day. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh. We were in the dark timeline because of that day. <laughs> <laughs> that makes a lot of sense, uh, sadly. Yeah, yeah, it does. Do the math. Roll back the dominoes. You'll see. We <laughs> we've already had the discussions on how good our math is around here. So <laughs> I don't think we have enough time in the episode. To really it's so that. good that it's Discord worthy. Ta-da-da. So check us out on Discord to get part of the conversation going Absolutely. about our math skills. About Harambe. <laughs> that <That's> too. Next. <laughs> we'll have a separate channel just for that. <laughs> you bring really. any math to the discard you're instantly banned <laughs> blocked booted banned i don't care uh, watch now there's gonna any. be like no numbers equations no. or something popping no. up on. i'll any- build a bot just to like anytime a number is mentioned <laughs> you're instantly flagged you guys are days. number one deleted yeah. <laughs> oh, <shit>. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right it sounds like i have to be safe okay <laughs> So lion, so it's like how some games ban the word butter because it has a name but in it. Oh gosh. Thank you to our Patreon subscribers for your generous support. It's people like you who help us do what we do. If you're not yet a Patreon subscriber, sign up today and get a fuck ton of bonus content, kick-ass merch, behind-the-scenes outtakes, and more. Sign up today at patreon.com slash free flow rambling. So now they suddenly have to run away from Lion. That's gotten into like the... And again, I mean, just from the course of them running around and Harry It's going, like the Scooby-Doo, like, door yeah. to door to door. Well, it's obviously like down in the bowels of like the... I mean, we all know like administrative offices and things and like zoos and those kinds of places. They're never just like... Right, they're all hidden away, subterrain usually. So this lion is pretty impressive. That and you can see as they're like, yeah, dodging out through all like these stairwells and doors and things like this. That you're like, you have a lot of faith in like the money a zoo has, because I've been in the bowels of our zoo, <laughs> and they are not hallways and hallways. They are like, they are like outhouses basically that have been shoved around the zoo. Okay, it's well, like, here's is, a cafe know, for people to buy from, and here's seven offices we built into the back This of it. is like America, and they're like... Um, okay, Canadian zoos don't put money towards shit for Yeah, us. I, there was... Anyway, <laughs> they are I'm sad just saying, places. So, fine, you can blame this on artist interpretation then either. Maybe there was like... like a particle board partition and that was it. But as going by what we're presented here, there's like hallways and multiple doors and a staircase. And so either somebody walked this lion in to the and like dropped him outside the office door and then zapped him or this controlling spell has a whole other level to it that he got there. But yes, they go through a whole big run around, shoot him out a big door into a... Did they? Was it a loading dock or something, or just I a random it was, maintenance room? Yeah, because he mentions that the the janitor's room has a metal door. Yeah. Whereas the other ones have wooden doors, so he. Yeah, there's I, a janitor's, the janitor's closet, closet not closet. far from the ape exhibit with a door that might hold this thing. Yeah. So, but yeah, finds a janitor's closet to lock. They, they make their mad dash and they get away from the lion. Yeah. And the whole time, I mean, like you can see, she can see, Miss uh, Rogers will. will 
that Roger? this thing has like glowing eyes. Like it is clearly not okay. Yeah, is, like, yeah. They can sense that it's got some mojo or something. Got some mojo going on to it, right? Yeah. So it is clear to both that this is not just a rampant a, lion. Yeah, right. chasing them down, right? Uh, and they do eventually get themselves to that maintenance room and locked off and cordoned off and whatever. And Wilhelmina has a little bit of like, what the fuck? And then... What was with his eyeballs? Yeah, and then, you know, <laughs> suddenly the line is like, <laughs> the least of their worries yeah. when you've got... Uh, enter chapter Mr. two. And <laughs> yeah, he turns more. around. He's like, okay, that's just not fair. Yeah, and you've got like the tiger and the panther and the lion. Yeah, you got a couple of tigers, the the leopards, some cougars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so, and again, his line again. Do yeah, I have a great job or what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, some days are better than others. So yeah, and here's where she's like, their eyes. What's wrong with their eyes? Um. So yeah. So the beetle in Stormfront. To finish that thought, okay. go back. Uh, the beetle isn't really blue anymore since both doors have been replaced. One with a green clone, one with a white one, and the hood of the storage trunk in front had to be replaced with a red duplicate. But the name stuck anyway. Is that from... So that's Stormfront. So he's got both doors and the hood storage trunk because it's in the front on the beetle. So, and it is blue. Oh, it's all blue, and it's there. all blue. And see, yeah, according to this, this doesn't really look as far as the artist rendering goes. That those are any of the spots that particularly, like you say, the light. But it doesn't look like he had both doors and the and we, trunk uh, smash. So I'm just gonna unknown say that happens between here and then. Well, either there's because yeah. he is very hard on everything. <laughs> I'm just saying I would have liked to have seen at least one <laughs> mismatch panel. If not, like, that's all I'm... There just should have been, like, one or two. Or some know, dings or scratches novels, that are, like... Are there pictures of the blue, the not blue bleep beetle? <laughs> I don't know off the top of my head. Okay. We we will find out as we go, I guess. Oh, yeah. But anyways, that was my thing. So I just said, there you go. So chapter two continues. <laughs> so, yeah. So now they've got, like, half a dozen cats on their ass. Yeah, Dresden is smart and uses the sprinkler system to disrupt the spell because of the flow of water. Flow of water, disrupting magical energies. Yeah, so now he's just got a bunch of wet cats, which I would still be afraid of. Aren't sorry. super. Um, yeah, it's still kind of dangerous, but not supernaturally possessed. <laughs> I'm glad this sprinkler system is on because I wet myself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Big kitty. Right. But I'm say, I'd almost trust the possessed animal over the non-possessed one because at least you know what the possessed one wants. <laughs> yeah, well, there, there's that for sure, right? Pretty sure it doesn't want to snuggle. So, especially yeah. now that it's wet. Especially now that it's <laughs> wet. So, but apparently that was enough. Apparently they all just got pissed off and decided to leave at that point when they were suddenly came out of their stupid their trance and were like, well, "I'm just like wet," and they're just like, "Fuck it, I'm up." So, um, yeah, that's how they, so he decides there's definitely something going on now and it's definitely not, there's, there's your confirmation, I guess, of what he, he sort of already knew. Um, so they, uh, decide to break into Dr. Watson's office because she becomes prime suspect number one because of having access to the cats. Yes. And sending Dresden to the location where the cats end up. 
attacking him. Attacking. <laughs> and Will comes along for fun because she's a little bit on the naive side. <laughs> oh yeah, this is totally legal. There was a little bit, uh, we will get there, so no spoilers, but a lot of deadbeat vibes going on in this short story. With like the assistant run around. A little bit, yep. You know? A little bit, some some parallels to be drawn. A little bit of parallels going yeah, on Yeah, definitely there. for like a couple of stories and things. Either like you mm-hmm. say, sort of phrases that he uses or the vibe of it or the interactions or whatever. It is. Yeah, there's a couple. Even like Sheila later on, I see in some ways. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, the whole, so. Yeah. But, um, yeah, goes to check out the office and and he's he's gets a little bit smart so yeah so they kind of do the break and enter thing or whatever i cops got better things to do than get arrested for breaking and entering and she's like oh god what he's like it's a joke (laughs) did you just break that lock it was broken when i got here and you're you think that too (laughs) (laughs) yeah there's definitely a good still keeps up with the with the like it like even though there's sort of a little bit of different tone it's not dressed, and you still get the essence of dressing, and you still get it. And that's what I do. You know, that part doesn't change. Um, but yeah, he gets a little bit smart. He kind of he kind of checks a little bit first and discovers there's some wards or mystical energy or whatever exactly it is he's he's checking and finding here in this carved office. into the file cabinet. Yeah, so so uses his spidey senses to sort of track that out instead of just blundering around. So saves some time there. Sometime in exposition. Oh, look, there's stuff right there. <laughs> he finds the seven pots full of, or with, with blood six, residue. Six, six, six pots. pots. Sorry. The seventh one is empty. Here he's a six pot. Ah. It has, it is filled with runes, but contains nothing as of yet. Right. Dun, dun, dun. So it is. Blood. Uh, so he pockets one of them, checks out a little pockets, it takes it off with him. I know, which I was like, they're not shown with any covers or anything. You know, you don't see Harry pull out a bag. You're, I'm like, he just dumps this open pot of blood in his duster pocket. <laughs> like, really, Harry, given the way things go, I don't see that sitting upright the whole time. But, you know, Oh, what I didn't if? think that it had blood in it. It just had residue on the, the out, that it had like, blood in it. On the rim. Do, well, uh, yeah, he's like, I don't recognize the jars or the spells laid on them, except in the most general terms more preservation magic but i do recognize the stains around the lips of the jars so yeah i guess they're not full just the dark and shadowy of the picture it kind of makes them look like they're full but yeah it says the lips of the jar are all stained with blood so i guess fair i guess yeah they they were holding blood they're not anymore so yeah drops in his pocket and before they can make a quick getaway you know Watson catches them, and we get super evil face. So we really know very evil. (laughs) Like illustrator was not kind to her angles, right up her nose there. (laughs) It was like yeah, Wiker looked a little bit like an alien in that one. Yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. So well, and there's very ugly means evil. I would say more than just passive threats that she gives. I mean, it's another quip. Like, Will's like, did she just threaten you? Yeah. Is you not worried? Ah, everyone threatens me. Yeah. <laughs> right. Doesn't that scare you? Nah. Well, yeah. She Pretty gets- much everyone does that. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. Did she just say, yeah, doesn't that scare you? No, pretty much everyone does that. I'm used to it. It's all good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's like, you know, pretty much everyone. He's like, I don't tell the rest that Watson just threatened to turn her into corpse number three. So, yeah, so Will sort of on the radar because she's trying to hide behind Harry. Well, and she figures that out on her own, too, just by watching Dresden's behavior. Yeah, she's smart. Yeah. 
she's 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 no dummy. Yeah, no, but um, um. So big cat kerfuffle scuffle, and then break it into Watson's office. Get threatened by Watson, and then they decide to head back to Harry's house to get a little bit of research done. So, uh, uh, yeah, Harry lets her into the apartment, does a little bit of magic, and is like, blah, 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 people suck, but persons are worth saving, and magic is real, but y'all convince yourself this was all a dream by next year, and next month, magic is real, but you're too dumb to accept it, like, I don't know, he just drops a bunch of lore on her, and he's like, now stay here, I have shit to do, and goes down to the basement. (laughs) Yeah. After getting some very crucial supplies of burgers yes mm-hmm. yes yeah critically Sawdogs. important wizard supplies from burger king critically important wizard supplies um is it burger king oh, oh yes, yes burger it's king. definitely burger king <laughs> the the book probably for i don't know copyright reasons but dresden is all about burger all king. about the burger king so <laughs> he is the they, yeah, burger king yeah i don't think they were later able, claim yeah in the book yeah <laughs> does that a couple times i feel but yeah um but can i, I just got a little paper crown obviously <laughs> the burger king they all thought <laughs> i was a child but yeah um the way he's holding mister really rubs me the wrong way too as i'm sure it would have to he holds him like a sack of potatoes like okay maybe when he first picked him up or when he dumps it in like will's arms but you stand there for like 10 or 15 minutes of conversation. It's a big cat. I know, but he holds him like a... He doesn't hold him like a cat. Benchless is cat. I had a cat that was just about as... Well, maybe not as large as this one, but just huge like that. And I used to have to hold that cat that way because... They're heavy when they're I that say, big. I was like, I don't know if I could hold it the same way I'd hold a normal cat. Like, okay, you guys are five foot something women. We're talking about an NBA sized dude. And that cat it's is a big even cat. I know. It's, 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 it's a cat. big cat to us, but it's like normal sized cat. No, it's somewhat not. In, 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 not. in ratio to what do you, I don't know. I don't. This cat, sheep. And I think, <laughs> I think she took him seriously. <laughs> Because it was it, it was feasible. It, I mean, I have no problem with the way when he kind of dumps it into her arms, and that's how she sort of gets the cat. But just dre- it's not even like if he just picked it up. But the fact that like I think it's rude cop- that he dumped it so in like, her arms. Two or three panels of him talking, which Crush to me her. You says, like animals. This was not instantaneous, but it just, I don't know. It just, it, ugh. It's a huge cat, even for Dresden, okay? It's a okay? huge cat. The thing can knock just... him off his balance. It slams into his ankles. Like... Maybe if they'd even drawn Mr. being slightly comfortable with being held like, but I'm like, the cat doesn't look like he wants to be held that way, so why are you holding him that way? Mr.'s in charge. He'd have left if he wanted I, to leave. Oh, yeah. A cat that big, if he didn't yeah, want to be there, would not be there. there. But still. <laughs> Fuck one, your complaints. One That's just one of those <laughs> things that just, yes. That's Two to a, one, that's we a, don't agree. That's a personal tick right there. See, at least she, like, sits down. The next one, she, like, sits down, and he's, like, in her lap or whatever. But, yes, fine. It just, it looks so awkward to me, Dresden, just standing there holding him like a sack of potatoes. Like, I mean, no offense just, to men, but, like, I feel like that's just how they hold animals, too. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, if you see a lot of pictures of Maine Coons, like, 
and they're almost always holding them like that. Yeah, they're massive. <laughs> like the, the, the double armed hold up. I just have too big. Not pushed enough cat videos. I'm thinking sorry, of every time my dad has ever held a cat. <laughs> like, yeah, but I don't think that's the like yardstick you want to measure. You want to measure things. Wow, you know. <laughs> like, I, I've seen the way he held you too. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Have we mentioned all the possible brain? Wait, injuries? he held me. Yeah. <laughs> Twice. <laughs> um, uh, so anyway, so he goes down to the basement, yeah. ditches the girl under the, the suffocated <laughs> by the cat. <laughs> yes. Heads down to Bob, pulls out his jar, shows him the goods. <laughs> <laughs> I love the little scanny, like looks, like, yeah, like laser, laser eyes. Visual I kind of like too how Bob's like black speech bubbles like everyone else is like the white speech bubbles with the black writing but bob's is like a black speech bubble with like white writing right. it's just that it's different nice nice yeah touch. it's just like right like this is just not your joe blow human dude you're talking to this is something it's else a skull it's a first skull. of all it's a spirit of yes but you know but exactly it's just i thought that was kind of again something you don't get something that's aesthetically aesthetically a nice little mm-hmm. yeah non- advantage change to the to the graphic novel illustrations um, and then, yeah, he's throwing it in the thing and he just, like, smushes it and breaks it up to see, like, the runes or markings or etchings or whatever they are on the inside. <laughs> but it's like, this is just, like, so funny. And I'm like, again, maybe if I lived in a different Preservation world. Preservation of you'd... evidence much? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right? Like, these are the things, you know. And I'm like, again, it mildly surprised me sometimes on, like, procedural shows, too, where you're like, okay. But again, right, my never having been there, done that kind of mind, you're like, why? Like, I would not... I'd be like, well, what is that? How do you know? Like, do you maybe don't break it. There's something's gonna. But anyways, yeah, he's just like crunch. For real, he was asking to release like a dark spirit into his home. Right. Like now you're haunted. Now you idiot. Right. Like again, shout out to Critical Role, which is the same thing. It's like their conversation. You know, it's like one person they're like, oh, there's a door. Let's go in. And then somebody else like, wait, wait, wait. No, wait. What if the door is, oh, yeah, you're right, there might be. And then it's really funny because then they talk themselves in circles like six times. It starts out like no big deal. And then it's like really big danger. And, and then, then Travis like, well, opens the door. And then, yeah, and then eventually, yeah, they, they like get sick of discussing it. And somebody just, but I just find it's like so funny sometimes. Like how I'm like, that's right. It's like, no, wait. They're, I'm like, yeah, exactly. It's like every time they don't check, something blows up in their face. Every time they're like super careful and like check 50,000 times, he's like, you press on the door and nothing happens yeah. <laughs> like, so yeah it's like that here too it's like wait what are you but Harry's just like oh fuck it whatever so uh, it, it, Bob says that's very old the, Harry suspects it might be like um, cuneiform but Bob's like no but it's like same timeline basically um, yeah Hecate. and basically puts it down to Hecate which is because it's an ascension ritual. It's an ascension ritual, totally. But he and crushes the, the the thing, and then it managed to see on the inside of the. That's what we were just talking. Yeah, about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. The runes inside. Yeah. For the he uniform. just goes ahead and breaks it. <laughs> yeah. 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 So Hecate was like the, the goddess crossroads. of magic. And she's the goddess of necromancy. Yeah. The goddess of night. So she's totally up in this whole like evil magic darkness. Oh blah blah the sort of thing, realm. you know, like yeah, a Sumerian cuneiform. That's what he's looking yes. at. Yeah, and then Bob's like, no, um, Arcadian mystic runes, older mm-hmm. stuff, rarer than hell. Um, and that basically boils down to Hecate Hags, an ancient sort of cult that 
yeah. is essentially trying to become their own version of Hecate. They want to ascend to their own godhood. Yeah. By basically sucking the power out of all of these powerful animals and using that power to then boost themselves into this godly ascension. Yeah. How many times can I say godly ascension in one way? I don't know. <laughs> I keep looking for a new way to say it, and then I just say the same thing. Well, and after that, they uh, they decide to head back to the zoo only to find basically a hellhound or a black dog. A black dog a black is in the back seat of the car? In the, the back car. seat of the car. Yeah. Yeah, and that he yeah. didn't notice like, when he hopped in. Like, there's barely well, room for Harry. Yeah. Is it at night? I don't know. Yes, I think it is evening now yeah. when they're trolling around. It is it is dark, but um, yeah, he realizes they've got this one seventh jar. So once that's completed, so um, and yeah, Will doesn't want to stay behind or be left alone. So of course, I mean it's one of those safer away from me, safer with me. It's kind of a 50-50. <laughs> it's like I'm heading into. The, so you're kind of safer because you're right here. I can protect you, but you're also going to head straight into the eye of the storm with me. So, um, but. Uh, yeah, I love how yeah they they get going and they've they've they are in motion, right. <laughs> you know. Like I don't know how far they've gotten, but they are, and then all of a sudden this thing just blasts out at them and it's just like surprises them. Well, and again, and especially the way they show like how huge it is attacking them in the car. <laughs> I'm like, really, you didn't notice? Although you know what? Although I say that, but how many times? It's a supernatural entity. It may have just manifested while they got in. Well, but I was gonna say we have. Um, a black golden retriever cross. And I will say it's hilarious the number of times I went to like pick up the kids from workers school or some, you know, in the evening. And it wasn't until we got back to the house and started getting after the car. They'd be like, oh shit, I didn't know the dog was with. So she's yeah. holding retriever size. She's like an 85 pound dog. She's a large dog, but you know what? She was not a noisy car traveler. She didn't bark at stuff and she would just, and you're right. I'm like, I guess we would forget and not notice she's her. Still in the back of the car. She's still alive. She's still alive. She, <laughs> she like just she turned was. 10. She just turned 10. But um, anyway, so maybe I guess it's slightly possible. I'm excited at my 10th birthday. <laughs> Not true. That's you got. You're gonna live got, longer than that. You got <laughs> that. There's that. Yeah. She's when you're the equivalent of seventy. I'll be impressed too. I'll, I'm sure I'll give you a big woohoo. You'll then. be dead. Yeah. You don't know that. <laughs> um. But you did get your own room for your tenth birthday. So. So did Mackenzie. She didn't have a birthday. <laughs> <laughs> this concludes our episode 4.1. Things are getting hairy. Thank you for listening. Join us for the next episode where we conclude our examination of Welcome to the Jungle. You can find us online at freeflowrambling.com and macanalies.ca. There we have links to our other podcasts, social media, and other fun tidbits. Please subscribe if you like what you're hearing, and please consider supporting us through Patreon to keep the magic alive and see more content. We are Free Flow Rambling. Conjure at it by your own risk. <laughs> <laughs>